This is a podcast from the Business Times. Welcome to Podcasts by the Business Times. In this episode, find out how to go green from the inside out and what solutions are available for your decarbonization efforts. This episode is brought to you by Schneider Electric. Climate change has been top of mind for many business leaders for a while, and Singapore isn't insulated from the effects of climate change either. In fact, the world is now warming faster than at any point in history. Awareness is one thing, but doing something about it is always challenging. To that end, Schneider Electric held a panel discussion called Navigating to Net Zero in a Fast-Changing World to pick the brains of leading executives from the banking, tourism, and energy sectors. Welcome to Podcast by the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim. And in this episode, we speak to Yun Yong Kim, Cluster President of Singapore and Brunei, Schneider Electric. Yun Kim, thanks for joining us today. Hello. Thanks for having me here today. So it's that old adage, isn't it? In order to get where you want to go, first you have to figure out where you are, kind of the baseline, as you've mentioned. Then you have to set the goal and then chart the path. Tell us about your net zero strategies and which part of that process has been the most challenging. It's important to strategize and of course, every journey has challenges as well. In fact, uh, we started this journey not yesterday. We started 15 years ago in part of the company transformation. As a company in energy management and industrial automation, we believe that this contributes a lot in the energy efficiency as well as in the decarbonization. And that is one of the most important part of the ESG, which is the e-environmental part. And this journey is composed by three steps, the approach that we have been taking, which is one is strategize, the second is decarbonize, and then we have digitize. The first part of the strategy is extremely important. As you said, is about having the baseline, is about having where you are, and then from there, we take the destination and ambition and targets to be achieved or to be pursued. And in fact, we are taking the journey ourselves first, where we want to decarbonize our own assets, our own building, and our own factories. And that is where we have a clear target of 2025 being carbon neutral ourselves, and then in 2030 being net zero. But the most important thing is not only ourselves, but as well is the scope three, what we call, which is the supply chain, the value chain, where we talk about our vendors, our suppliers, and that is the most challenging part is how to measure, how to quantify the baseline. And there are the areas that has been most difficult to go. You have Quantifying to start Quantifying the baseline for scope three, scope your three. suppliers? That's right. Okay. That's right. So you want to really measure all the scope three baseline is almost impossible from T0, from the start point. So it's important to evolve in that journey, whatever you are able to capture in the first moment and do the first scanning and making sure that you evolve, you progress in the journey is the most important thing. That's why there are a lot of metrics, KPIs, SBTI as well, GRI. But the most important thing is the progress. It's not if it's right or wrong. It's about what is your T0, what is your starting point and how you can progress. And that comes 
comes to example of our building, for instance, in Kalang, where today we are already carbon neutral as well as going to the super low energy. We are green mark platinum and has been a journey in the last four or five years. And that's similar to our distribution center in Tuas, where it is already carbon neutral and making sure that we can contribute in the Singapore Green Pan 2030. Mm. So how are you tackling, though, the challenges that you mentioned, say, figuring out the T0 for your suppliers, for example? I also imagine their willingness is something to look into as well, right? Yeah, you're totally right. We always say that, I think Minister Grace Fu was mentioning one, one time, we're going to use the stick and carrot approach, right? Mm. And carrot first. And that's the way how we are trying to bring as well our vendors, top thousand vendor suppliers, to help them to decarbonize, to reduce 50% of their carbon emission. Similar to that, we know the industry has been working together. We have a program called Energize, where top 12 pharmaceutical companies are working on to decarbonize their vendors and their suppliers is scope three as well. And many others, I can see activations from many angles, from the government, from private sectors, MNCs, and most of the SMEs that belongs in the value chain of the MNCs, where specific in the case of SMEs, Enterprise Singapore has been supporting, actually giving grants to work in this journey, which is called SME Kickstart Decarbonization Program, that we are one of the partners of those programs to really help the SMEs to decarbonize and to be qualified to be a supplier for the MNCs and for big companies. Well, that's good. They get financial assistance because anecdotally, the perception is it's expensive to be sustainable, right? Or there's some cost involved. I mean, from an individual's perspective, we can't use free plastic bags anymore. We have to forego the convenience of, say, single-use plastic for water or takeaways. But what's it like from a corporate perspective? How challenging is it to balance, say, short-term economic goals with sustainability-based long-term investments, Yun Kim? Yeah, in fact, we recently did the survey and uh, those surveys come with uh, one of the biggest hurdles is really on the investment side. As 93% is hesitant to invest and to get the payback on the investment for the technology or adoption of digital technologies into the sustainability journey. We can see that is the payback is another important aspect that they are looking for. In our case, in our building, we took three and a half years payback. There are a lot of assets in Europe that has been four to five years. And recently, with the energy crisis, all those payback is reducing to 1.5 years because the energy price has been increasing three times more, right? So it's all about momentum, circumstantial, as well as how the trend of energy costs will go, as well as uh, carbon tax, as well as different energy matrix that might incur. And then always the payback calculation is based on the denominator, which is basically the cost. And that's very easy to calculate. We see more and more people going into this journey, either because is pre-qualification for MNCs and big uh, corporations, as well as uh, sometimes they want to contribute in the journey and they want to adopt the technology. The difficulty is to find the right technology and, of course, to find the right partner, right collaboration, and make sure that you do the right and effective investment. 
And then on the flip side as well, Yoon Kim, there's this, let's just throw money at the situation. What issues are there when it comes to that kind of a method? Yeah, you're right. I mean, putting wrong investment, I mean, that for sure will be impacting negatively or not having positive impact. We do see a lot of offers. And recently I was with a customer saying, I have at least 10 suppliers that comes to me and say, I will help you decarbonize who I should choose. And of course, that is not an easy choice, an easy option. My recommendation is don't start big. Uh, don't start with a big, big plan, right? Especially SMEs, we should start with the simple things like energy audit, very simple scanning or a maturity grid level assessment of where we stand on the, our assets and where are the biggest potential reduction of energy as well as decarbonization activations and activities that can help the company to go through. If you don't have any program, start with your scope one and two, which is basically on your own assets and your own supply and not really focusing on the scope three. Although the scope three represent most of the companies, most of the stakeholders represent more than 70% up to 85% of the carbon emission. But is taking it step by step and go with the Pareto. I mean, take the ones that is a low hanging fruit, making sure that you address the right thing instead of building a big, big plan, and then you are not able to even advance. So that would be my recommendation. Still to come, is there a perfect solution and one that fits you and your business? More in a moment. And now back to podcasts by The Business Times, brought to you by Schneider Electric. So what do you think you guys are doing differently than other corporates and entities? What can they learn from you, so to speak? <laughs> I wouldn't say different, but I think uh, our, our approach is clear. As I said initially, is about strategize, digitize, and decarbonize. Many companies know how to strategize. Many companies bring the technology, but many companies does the decarbonization effectively. But all this end-to-end approach of strategize, digitize, and decarbonize is very few companies can do so. And when I say that, it's not about just building the strategy, having the technology, as well as helping in the journey to really make the technology work and making sure that you are able to decarbonize as well as paying back your investment. Some people will bring the technology, some people will bring the strategy, some people will bring the decarbonization solution, but not end-to-end. That makes a huge difference, and we start from ourselves. And we have a very clear ambition, as I mentioned, 2025, carbon neutral in all our offices, all our facilities. That means factories as well as distribution centers and all assets that we have in the world. Ah, so it's not a one-size-fits-all, right? I mean, no doubt everyone will have different challenges. But you do talk about it like a formula. There's the strategy, there's the decarbonization, there's the digitalization. What do you think most companies, in your opinion, seem to be missing? And what are they finding the most challenging, Yun Kim? I wouldn't say one to another and difficult company by company. I don't want to generalize, but it is important to have a good balance of three Uh, making sure that we use the right strategy to use the right technology and to use the right approach where we should address priorities 
to really work on the decarbonization assets or programs. Some companies are already working on decarbonization because everybody's conscious, everybody has their own understanding of what can be done. So they are working on that. Those I would recommend to make sure that we have a clear baseline and strategy as well as making sure that we have the right approach. Some of them is adopting the strategy but cannot move don't know from where to start, is important to really focus on the areas of where are the low-hanging fruit and you can get the best out of it, right? Examples on building can be air conditioning, can be lighting, or can be many other elements of energy consumption in the building, as well as making sure that we can use the renewable energy, renewable energy that can help to compensate many of the asset consumption during the day or during the night. And you can always use the technology to help to storage and use the right energy and right timing and right price. I know it sounds like, Yoon Kim, you're placing a lot of emphasis or importance on company stats, but that's not the most important thing. Actually, you feel that emphasis should be on finding the most important and interesting talents, shareholders and investors all in the market through their company values, for example, their focus on sustainability. But these are quite non-quantifiable, right? I mean, how can this be done? And it's so subjective. It's a very good point. In fact, all this journey cannot be done without people and without competencies and capabilities. And that's why we believe that this is a very critical part. And we do really incentivize to train and to educate and to propagate our information and knowledge sharing to make sure that we can deploy this faster. Because this is not a one individual role, not one country is a global issue that all of us has to collaborate and the whole ecosystem has to collaborate. So that means the capacity and the competencies are very important. That's why we recently, together with EDB, we launched a program that is a competency center in in Singapore for sustainability. So we are hiring a lot of uh, new young graduates as well as experience in the industry to develop a competency center, not only for Singapore, not only for Southeast Asia, but as well as for the global. And of course, our global uh, footprint is more than 100 countries. So that's where we want to develop people here to learn, to share, and to collaborate and expand and have an impact globally as well in our activities in Schneider as well as our ecosystem. So competency is one thing. And as well, we we know that we have a lot of subject matter experts and more and more demand for chief sustainability officers in most of the companies. And we know that we have lack of talents in the market. So the question is how we build fast enough all these talents and competencies to drive the right things and to drive the right important topic in the agenda of the board or agenda in the management team. You mentioned young graduates and you know how there's a lot of rhetoric surrounding the young, right? They have all the answers, they have the most innovative ideas and their spirits are all raring to go, but that's a lot of pressure. So what about retraining, upskilling, for example, of the current workforce? Is that not feasible? Maybe that takes some of the pressure off the young then? We are very inclusive and we really love diversity. It's in gender, age, and so on. So for us, it's important. But what we realized recently is that 
more and more youngsters are adopting, are inclined and attracted to these jobs, right? So every year we hire new young graduates. And whenever we ask the question, what was your motivation to join Schneider Electric? Most of the time, 70 plus percent is about purposeful, meaningful, and sustainable. So those are the three words that come very evidently in the attraction of the company. So that is another element that we see that is retaining our employees and talents to stay longer in our company because has purposeful and meaningful and sustainable ambitions. So you recently hosted this panel, Schneider Electric. What was your biggest takeaway, Yun Kim, from hosting it, the navigating to net zero in a fast-changing world? Yeah, again, we emphasize this is part of journey. I learned a lot with different panelists, as well as different industries, not only Schneider Electric, but as well as finance institution, as well as public, which is Sentosa was great to see everybody going to the same journey. Maybe different stage, any company ha- would have a different stage of the adoptions as well as the ambition and targets, but was very interesting to see the commonality of the challenges as well as opportunity that we are taking into it, number one. Number two is the adoption and engagement of this discussion. So a lot of participants, a lot of interaction, a lot of questions, and we couldn't, I think, even answer all the questions in that panel. So we are taking offline is very interesting to see a lot of curious as well as a lot of uh, very content-rich questions that came to us in that. And we learn as well that people that is engaging in this journey is very interested on the competencies, very interested on learning and sharing knowledge. So we came again to the point that we should share more and more as much as we can. Yoon Kim, I wish we had more time. Thank you so much for your insights today. Thank you. Yoon Yong Kim, Cluster President of Singapore and Brunei, Schneider Electric. I'm Howie Lim. This has been BT Podcast from The Business Times. Thanks for listening. This episode of Podcasts by The Business Times was brought to you by Schneider Electric. Find more BT Podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.